Hi, this is Justin Coletti of Sonic Scoop. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of the Sonic Scoop podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about one of the most critical parts of record making. And if you don't get this part right, the entire record suffers, and in many cases, falls apart. Whether or not you get this part of the process right has a huge impact on whether you're going to be satisfied with the end results, and whether you can release your music in such a way that people actually end up hearing it rather than just kind of falling flat and going nowhere. This, to me, is possibly the most important part of the record production process. It's more important than mastering. It's more important than mixing. It's actually even more important than recording, and it's even more important than what room you're going to be in, what instruments you're going to use, and all of that stuff. What is this mystery part of the music making process? I'm going to tell you about right now. Just a super quick shout out to our sponsors this week, Sound Toys, making some of my favorite plugins in the known universe. Check them out. Anything they make for free over at soundtoys.com. Also, Eventide, check them out at eventideaudio.com, making some of my favorite software and hardware effects. And my own full length courses, Mixing Breakthroughs and Mastering Demystified. But more about that some other time. For now, what is this mystery part of the record making process that is so incredibly crucial? It is pre production what I like to affectionately consider making the record before you make the record. This is one of the most neglected parts of the process, especially by new artists. And it leads to a lot of heartache and a kind of situation that may sound familiar to you. If you've ever released music before in a way that hasn't been successful, or if you've witnessed other people doing the same, this kind of story may seem familiar to you. A band gets together. This is also relevant, not just for bands, but let's use this example for a moment. A band gets together. They book time in a recording studio with a recording engineer to record some basic tracks, really trying to get their drums and bass right. And then they go back to their own studio to do all of their overdubs and their vocals and all of that stuff. Maybe they spend some time over the course of a week doing these basic tracks, and then they were going to spend another week, you know, stretched out over time doing some overdubs and then some vocals, but those two weeks seem to turn into three weeks and four weeks, and they keep on changing what they are doing. And they start to realize at a certain point in the process, oh my goodness, that bass line doesn't really work with that drum part. Should we kind of change and adjust what we're doing here? And then when it comes time for the singer to sing, ooh, this song would be a lot easier to sing if the key was just slightly higher or just slightly lower. Or realizing, man, maybe this whole track would sound better slow down slightly or sped up a little bit. And they're thinking about all of these things and they're making all these changes. And then when they're finally done with the thing, months later from when they started, because they didn't really have a super clear timeline and process in mind, and so many additional things came up that they didn't expect. They weren't spending any time really thinking about how to release the thing. So they're finally done after spending the better part of a half a year or even a year making this record that was supposed to take a couple of months, and then they were kind of tired and annoyed <laughs> with the songs, and they kind of just released it out into the world, only to realize they didn't really have a release strategy, and no one ends up really even hearing the thing. And God forbid, maybe they printed up a thousand CDs that are now sitting in the closet, collecting dust until the end of time. This is a very sad state of affairs. It happens probably every day somewhere in the world, and it doesn't have to happen to you. The big thing that can solve so many, although not all of the issues that you may run into, is pre-production. 
really making the record before you make the record. And producers, professionals who have been doing this for a while, really understand the power of this part of the process. Many people, when they're finally starting to get ambitious and wanting to record something and release something at a pretty high caliber, are going to seek the help of professionals, whether they're recording engineers, producers, mastering engineers, an outside mixer. At a certain point, most people who really start to get ambitious aren't going to do every single part of the process by themselves. But they often make the mistake in the beginning of kind of coming up with a rough plan in their head, or maybe they've plotted out a little bit on paper, which is good. And then they go to a studio and a recording engineer to work with, and they're kind of going to wing it on all the other stuff later, and they have a, a, a rough idea of what they're going to do. But ironically, the least expensive place and possibly the most powerful place to get a professional involved is before you even step into the studio. Now, stepping into the studio, as you know, if you're working in an outside studio, can be fairly expensive. You're paying the studio rate, you're paying the producer or engineer's rate, and the clock is ticking and you only have so much time budgeted in. And there are significant issues and conversations that can come up in the studio that ideally would have been taken care of before you got to the studio, such as what exactly is the perfect tempo for the song, which really coming into tune and speaking. But the great thing here is if you work with a producer or someone before you ever go into the studio, rather than paying the whole studio rate and having all this pressure to get things done fast, so much of this can happen, say, with a producer visiting you in your own rehearsal space for a couple of hours instead of all day. A great producer can give you some coaching at that point in the process and really get a sense for where your tunes are whether you're really in the pocket with each other, whether certain players are rushing or dragging, how to get kind of more in tune and in time with each other. And you can get a lot of that coaching before you even go into the studio. Just for the moment, let's imagine we're talking about musicians who are going to be playing some live instruments. Though pre-production is also important for hip-hop and EDM, more electronic forms of production. It just looks a little bit different. But assuming that we're talking about a band that is playing together, so many of the issues that come up in the studio and that you're going to have to spend time working out the kinks and doing take after take to really get in tune and in time with each other can and should be worked out in advance. And for musicians who are going to be playing some degree of live instrumentation, the ideal is that you want to get the record sounding so good when you're just playing it in the room together without, you know, a fancy 16 or 24 track mic setup, that it sounds so good, just even huddled around one microphone, that you're so well balanced with each other, that you have such precision in your timing and such great changes from section to section that feel really powerful that you say, wow, that sounded great. I wish we had recorded that for real. And you don't only feel that way once you've had all the adrenaline of performing the thing. You actually listen back to your cheap recording of this thing and say, wow, that sounded great. I can hear all the most important elements in this rough production, and I can tell that they are really working together. And if only we had an even better hi-fi, more vibey version of that production, that would be awesome. And for musicians who are playing live instruments to any degree, that's really what to shoot for, to make the record sound like a record before you even record it. Now, there's another great way to do this. It's not necessarily just being in rehearsal rooms and doing a 
you know, quick two-track recording of what you're doing. It can be a multi-track recording. And it's often a good idea for live bands to go into an inexpensive studio, say for one day, and go through the entire release in a multi-tracked way and get a sense for what's working, what isn't, what tempos are best for each song, are the keys working. And in many instances, when you get into this situation, you'll actually find that the bass player and the drummer are really hearing what one another are doing for the very first time. And they say, that's the bass part you're playing when I'm playing this drum part? That doesn't make any sense. Let's tweak this. Or, man, the singer's really straining when we push it this fast and this hard. Maybe we should try playing this one a little bit slower. And you can work out these things in advance of going to a real full studio session. So that when you're in the session where the money's burning and the clock's ticking, you can focus on those last little elements of creativity and those last little bits of taking the performance from good to inspired that are going to make your record not just okay, but potentially great and memorable. And instead, so many new artists get so bogged down in the studio on problems that they could have worked through in advance like tempos, like keys, like transitions from one section to another, like the arrangement of the song. This is also important for artists who are kind of building things bit by bit in their own studios who are songwriters or would-be producers. And there's some really great artists who go through this process by themselves, first sketching out the finished recording in a kind of quick and dirty demo type way, where they're not focusing on getting exactly the right tone. They're trying to get a good enough tone and getting the ideas out. And as quickly as they can, structuring something that's going to sound like the final multi-tracked version of the album, but without obsessing on each tone as they go along, and instead obsessing about the parts. What are the harmonies going to be? What are the cadences going to be like? What should the form and the structure and the tempo and the timing of the song be like? And some artists will then go and record the entire thing from scratch in a great studio, this time focusing on tones instead of just the parts. And the whole point of going to the studio is to make the thing sound rich and beautiful. But the actual parts have been plotted out layer by layer in advance of being in the studio. So now they can focus with a producer or with an engineer on getting the tones just right and really memorable and interesting, and getting the performances to be as profound and inspired as they can be, instead of figuring out, well, what exactly are we going to do in this section when the money is burning and the clock is ticking? This allows you to remove pressure from the recording dates, do things less expensively, more efficiently, more quickly with better sounds, and also free up bandwidth, and mental energy to start coming up with a release strategy. And this should also be part of your pre-production process. The idea of when this thing comes out, how are we going to release it? How are we going to get people to hear it? How are we going to build some type of audience or network to release this thing into where it has a chance of actually getting heard and maybe reviewed and maybe playlisted. And what happens to so many artists is that during the record-making process, they're so just zeroed in on just making the record and getting all of these things right that they've reduced both their bandwidth and the time left available for coming up with a good release strategy. 
And in the end, if you're doing record making in a really inefficient way, where you don't have everything plotted out in advance and you're kind of winging it as you go along, one of the big problems that artists run into is by the time they're done with the record, they hate the record. And really the best way to get the record heard is to go out and tour it and get in front of at least live audiences. If you're not doing a full official tour, at least getting in front of live audiences as much as you can is a way that you're going to sell more copies, sell more merch, have more of a chance of connecting with fans, have more of a chance of connecting with other artists that you can kind of cross-pollinate, cross-promote audiences with. And you've got to leave yourself some time, some mental energy, and some bandwidth for the release strategy and what's going to happen post-release. And having so much of your record plotted out in advance of going into making your record frees up so much of this time and this energy and this mental bandwidth to think about those other things. Like I alluded to in the beginning, it's also one of the least expensive, most bang-for-the-buck ways of working with really great professional producers and engineers where you can be doing some back and forth with them via email where you can have them maybe come down to your rehearsal studio, where you can maybe go into the studio and not set up a whole multi-track thing, but just kind of blast through some songs where the goal is to just get sketches and do some evaluation rather than getting things absolutely perfect. A little bit of money spent there, coming away with some critiques and some ideas and refinements that you can marinate on and practice on, is going to be absolutely huge in allowing you to come back to the studio when it's time to do it for real and say, we've already done this. We could play this album any day of the week with one arm tied behind our back and it's going to come out great. So what we're going to do in the studio is we're going to think about getting the best performances we can and the best sounds that we can. And that's really what we're focusing on on the days where the money is burning and the clock is ticking. I hope this has been useful for you. If you want to go even more in-depth on this, I have a special free PDF for you just on this. It is called The Pre-Production Checklist. Here are some of the things that you want to think about, answers to questions you want to have before you ever set foot in a recording studio, or before you ever embark on trying to get any final takes, even if that's in your own personal home studio. And I think this kind of planning actually opens up room for even more creativity. I believe it was Ernest Hemingway, when talking about writing, who said, write drunk, edit sober. And I think Stephen King said something similar, which was, write with the door closed, edit with the door open. And doing some pre-production behind closed doors When you can get a little wild, a little drunk on your creativity, make some mistakes, try out things when you're not on the clock, can be absolutely huge for creativity. And then using the recording studio and long days with talented producers, engineers, mixers, mastering engineers to just get the last little details right and to just catch a magic moment of a magic release that's just waiting to be fully realized and borne out into the world. If this sounds like a good idea to you, I have a free PDF checklist for you called the Pre-Production Checklist. A whole bunch of questions that you should have answers to before you set foot in any studio. If you want to check out that checklist for yourself, just go to sonicscoop.com slash checklist. That's sonicscoop.com slash checklist, where you can download this PDF. 
And if you can answer each of these questions, check off all these boxes, you're ready to go into the studio where you're ready to start doing your final takes. And if you can't check off all of these boxes, well, you have great questions that you can ask yourself to get the most out of your pre-production process, to get the most out of your songs, to get the most out of yourself and your collaborators. I think it'll be really useful for you. Totally free guide for you. Check it out at sonicscoop.com slash checklist. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Sonic Scoop Podcast. I hope these ideas have been useful for you. Big shout out and thanks to our sponsors, Sound Toys. Check them out, soundtoys.com, making some great creative mixing effects. You can try out anything they make for free at soundtoys.com. Also, Eventide. Check them out, eventideaudio.com, making some of the coolest software and hardware effects out there. Try out any of the software they make for free at eventideaudio.com or try out their very cool pedals and hardware at a dealer near you. Also, if you're interested in more from me and you're done with the pre-production process and you're done with the recording process and you're ready to get mixing or get mastering, you can check out my full-length courses, Mixing Breakthroughs and Mastering Demystified. Full 100% money-back guarantee on this. Tons of satisfied users so far. If you take Mixing Breakthroughs, you will get better at mixing. It gives you a complete roadmap and guide, a step-by-step process you can go through in any mix to come up with a process and workflow that really works best for you and to maximize your creativity, your efficiency, your results, and to keep you from second-guessing yourself every step along the way. And then there's Mastering Demystified, where I tell you everything that I know about mastering. You get to master some tracks with me and hear some of these changes in real time. You get to learn to think like a mastering engineer thinks. And whether you're looking to master tracks for others, master your own tracks, or just learn more about this part of the process so you can get better results on your own recordings and mixes, Mastering Demystified is for you. All right. Thanks for joining me. Remember to check out that free pre-production checklist at sonicscoop.com slash checklist. Thanks again for hanging out with me. See you next time.